All right, good morning. We're back once again. And um, I was looking over last week's message and, you know, sometimes you're just not, not happy with it, not happy with the presentation. So well, we're gonna circle back and catch some of them elements. Maybe not today, but as we move on, we're gonna start laying some more foundation down and, and definitely revisit again, because uh, we wanna make sure that we're doing a good job as best we can as, as presenting God's word. And uh, we're going to look at some of the ways that we engage with God's Word today. And um, let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive this message, Father. Just take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, let's to get us started today. Let's turn to Matthew 22, verse 37. And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. And uh, it's that last part. Are we giving the Lord everything? And of course, we all want to say yes. We have to look at how we engage with the word. You know, there's many people that may not want to admit it, but we all have this tug that we have. We have this drive, this, this pull, is to go towards God. And uh, Hebrews 10 and 16 talks about how... That this is the covenant that I will make with them. And after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws onto their hearts and their minds. I will write them. We are made in God's image. And God's code, God's law is written on each and every person, whether they want to admit it or not. And we all are trying to find that reconnection with what was lost. You know, we were there with God. And then man, original sin came in, and that connection was broken. Jesus came and fixed it, provided the way for us to come back. But we have to make those steps. So we all have this programmed into our DNA to connect with God. And I often wonder sometimes about what I uh, term as, as militant atheist. And I use that to describe one that is not only a non-believer, but does very much so to be outspoken about it and to try to go against anything that is in God's favor and prove just the opposite. And I wonder why are people like that? And you have to wonder what it's like to have this longing for something that's missing and you can't seem to fulfill it. And we all have that etched on our hearts. And I wonder if sometimes it's just easier to push it away because that's something that you can tangibly do and try to defeat it because we defeat things we don't understand. We want to destroy and defeat things we don't understand. And we have this pull about something that we can't seem to comprehend. So 
push it away, destroy it. But that's, uh, I'm sure that that group is not the ones that's hearing my voice today. So we want to talk about the ones that are. And that is, is believers. And we have all different levels. We have the ones that are here today inside of church that are, are listening to the word and trying to fulfill what God wants and trying to get a closer connection. And then we have people that, you know, believe in something but really can't pinpoint what that is. The ones that are, are spiritual by their own definition, but they're not really connected. They're not committed. And everywhere in between. And we're always looking for guidance. It's real easy to, to jump on a bandwagon. And if we, we go back and we think about that, there's a reason why. We were to live under God's guidance. He is our heavenly father. He is our leader. He is our source. He is everything that we need. But for many, many of us, we don't know how to get back to God. We don't know how to receive from God. We don't know how, how, how to use faith, how to trust in God. So we come up short. So we start looking for other sources. We look for people to guide us. We look for, for things. And, and we want to have this connection. And many times... We will turn to the Word of God. And we're looking for answers in the Word of God. But this is where we have to be very careful about what we're doing. Because we want to need to approach and look for what God has to say. We want to know what the truth is. Whatever that might be. But so many times, we already have our mind made up about what we want to do, how we want things to turn out, and we are looking for something to reinforce those ideas. We want to be able to, to walk that line where we can say, yes, well, I'm still a believer. I'm still following God. But yet we still want to do exactly what we want to do despite what the word says. And this has been a case throughout time. And we have men, mankind, that want to inject their ideas. So they will twist and manipulate what the word says to make it fit their ideology. What we need to do is, is experience what God wants in his entirety, in his completeness, in its truths, no matter what the re results of that might be. And many times we're not going to like it. Have you ever argued with God? Now, we're in church. We can't be talking about stuff like that. You know, we're supposed to be praise Jesus, everything going on. But are there times, let's be honest now, do you argue with God? I know I do. 
Because it seems like that things could be a whole lot simpler. It seems there could be times where he could just step in and do a little more. It seems like sometimes that he's not hearing us. Seems like there's times where it's just there's there's more burden than we can bear. But the thing of it is, we know that that's not the case. Because God allows us to do what we can, and He steps in and does the rest. We know that God sees the beginning to the end, and He has every step mapped out and knows how to get us to our purpose, our destination. We know that He is with us through every step of the way. We know that whatever we're going through has purpose. Because His Word tells us that. And even though we know these things, even though these are facts, sometimes we don't always feel that way. But I feel like that these times that we struggle with God. We have a little bit of, of friction there. It's times that we can come closer. There's not any relationship we have that we don't have times where there's, there's disagreement. That there's not trouble or heartache. Because we are human. We are emotional we are driven by feelings. We are flawed. We are sinful. And all these things make up who we are. And one thing is that we don't understand everything. We don't have all the answers. We don't seek them all. And even then, there's some things that's just too complex for us because God is that grand. That we can't possibly understand everything that's happening at one time. And God can only sometimes only can reveal so much to us. Because if we could see everything that He's seeing, if we knowed everything that we had to go through, if we know what it took to get from point A to point B, we would be terrified we would be beyond function now what all we can handle is is just a little bit at a time you know we can look back on our lives and the older we are the more we have to look back on and look at every situation that we've been through and for some of us the list are long there's medical issues, financial issues, legal issues. We've had people come against us. We've had to fight in battles. We've made mistakes. Could you imagine when you turned 18 years old, if you knew everything that you were going to experience from then till now? Some of us would have gave up right then and said, forget it, it's too hard, it's not worth it. Some of us struggle today where we're going tomorrow. But we have God to see us through.
we can uh, look at the Word. And uh, they have all kinds of neat little programs for, for Bible study. And there's, there's books. And they have all kind of kinds of, of subject matter that it's questions that people ask. What does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? And it puts together all of the different scriptures that fit a certain subject. And that we can see how all these things go together. And we can cross-reference. But there's all these different things. And you have to, to think that these things that they've compiled are, are common, commonly asked. There's uh, predictions on it that you know programs will automatically think about what you're going to ask because it's been asked before time and time again. And there, there's so many different things. And we want to make decisions. And when we make our decisions... Hopefully we want to make good decisions. And to be able to make the best decisions is to seek the wisdom of God. And we do that in two different ways. We look at his word and look what he tells us in his word. And we also seek him through prayer. Now for many of us, the, the prayer part of it is, is difficult because we're not very good at that receiving part of it. The listening part of it. The hearing God's voice and seeing what he has to say about something. First John 5 and 9, If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this, the witness of God, which has testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God has witness in himself. He that believeth not in God has made him a liar, because he believeth not the record of God gave his Son. We seek the advice of people. We'll go plug something on social media and wait for responses from a bunch of strangers. And take that as solid information. But yet we don't look at what God has to say. See, because when we look at the Word of God, it's concrete. It's fact. It's truth. And the only way that we can change that is by simply changing it. To manipulate it. To put a different spin on it. To do exactly what Satan does and twist it around to make it where it's no longer God's word. It's no longer the truth. We'll go and we'll ask, well, what does, what does the Bible say about? And we can pick our subject. We can pick anything you want. And the word of God is going to have a clear and precise Message. We could take uh, abortion. God says, Thou shalt not kill. God says that children are a blessing. God says that you should have many. God tells us to be fruitful and multiply. God is very clear on this subject. 
But man puts his own spin on it. He'll say things like, well, that was a different time. And it doesn't apply anymore. That was a different culture and that doesn't work in this culture. And now we live in a world that is dominated by feelings. And if something isn't pleasing to the ear, if it doesn't fit someone's lifestyle, if it hurts someone's feelings, then we should simply dispose of it, get away from it, to cancel it. That is what they're trying to do with God's Word, is cancel it. To take it all the way because it's considered hateful and hurtful. The truth oftentimes hurts. But not hurting in a devastating way, hurting in that emotional feeling way. See, our feelings, we'll get over that. But the things we can't get over is, is a, a lost soul, a wasted life. Without the salvation of Jesus Christ, you are a lost soul. You are going to hell. We have people that don't want to believe that hell is real. That a loving God would not allow anyone to go there. God has given us all a choice. We can't go and, and pick and choose what we like and what we don't like. It is a commitment. And it is a commitment without compromise. If you compromise one, you've compromised it all. You can't start a, a diet program or a workout regiment and skip key components of it. It's not going to work. We need this book. We need God's word in its entirety. All the pieces come together for a common purpose. Each and every word has purpose. And it's not because we have a controlling God. It's not because we have an overbearing God. It's because we have a God that loves us and he wants the best for us. And that is what this is. Last week we talked about being a man. What does that represent? God has given us purpose as men, as women, as fathers, as mothers, as husbands, as wives, as children, as parents, as sisters and brothers, as fellow believers. Each and every role has her purpose, has God giving purpose. And we're living in a world now that wants to blur those lines. And when we blur those lines and we take away that, we're taking away all of the purpose. And when we remove 
God's purpose, we have no purpose. We have no point. We see that generation after generation after generation, we take away more and more God from our society. And what do we have? We have a society that is failing, that is corrupt, that is dying. We hear about global warming and we hear about all these different things that's going to wipe out future generations. No, the thing that's going to wipe out future generations is a lack of God. Because that is the result of everything else. Sin, corruption, lawlessness, these are the things that are killing us. These are the things that are condemning the future generations. I'm starting to get on the older side of things. Got some experience behind me. I've seen some changes in life. And as I see the next ones that are stepping up and they're going to be coming out and being part of this world. I'm scared. I'm scared. Because I don't see the warriors that God tells us to be. I don't see men that's willing to rise up to stand with biblical masculinity and to be the leaders, to be representatives of the kingdom of heaven. I don't see the women that's going to be the backbone of the family structure. I don't see God first and foremost. We can't survive in a world like that. We have work to do. Well, they say, well, Jesus is coming back soon. Yes. And some days I hope it's sooner than later. But the one thing I want to be able to do is, is when I fall at his feet, I want to have it where I did my best. That I was a good representative. That I spoke the truth. It is a, an honor to serve God. It is a privilege to serve God. I talked to a, a lot of different people over the course of years, and there's some things that, that just really, really stick with you for some reason or another. And uh, I remember talking to one fellow, and, and uh, he said that 
the one thing that he's excited for when he gets to heaven is that he just wants to be able to take a, a part of the universe and be able to, to create and to see what he can do. And, and that really shocked me. And it's always kind of haunted me because of that, that mentality. It's not what God has already done. It's not what God is doing. It's not the sacrifice of Jesus, but that is, which has been so much. I could spend my eternity in heaven washing dishes or whatever the menial tasks they need to be to do, and I'd be perfectly happy just because I'm there. I am there. I am in paradise. I am with my Lord and Savior. I need nothing else. I am grateful for the blessings that I receive each and every day, for the mercies that I receive each and every day. Life is hard. Life is challenging. But I know that it could be so much worse without Jesus in my life. And I'm grateful for that. I am grateful for everything that he has given me, every path that I have crossed, every person that's influenced my life. And that's both good and bad. That's one thing as you start to get older, you look back, you can start to see some of the things that Paul would talk about, about count it all joy. That some of the, the bad times were good. That some of the evil people was a necessary evil. Because it all shaped us into who we are today. It's all building us for who we're going to be tomorrow. And it's all important. It all has purpose. But yet, what haunts me about that is, is that no matter how much they have, and this was a person that was pretty well to do, pretty well to do, not hurting for much in life. But yet, they still want more, want more. And that's what we're doing when we're corrupting God's word. We're wanting to have our cake and eat it too. We're wanting to still be connected with God. We want to have what He says we can have, but we don't want to do our part. We want to change it to make it work for us. We don't want to follow the rules. We don't want to follow the instruction. We don't want to take the direction. We want to do it our way. So when you open up the Word, or when you, when you come to church... You know, they say that if you don't want to be hypnotized, if you've got your mind made up that you're not going to do it, it won't work. They can't do it. And it works the same way with God. If you already got your mind made up, if you know what you want the Scripture to say, if you're listening from corrupt sources that's twisted things around and they've got an ideology already in your, implanted in your mind, then... It's going to say exactly that. 
And now you're in dangerous territory because you've already got your mind made up. So you can't even be convinced of anything else. No matter how much evidence they put in front of you, no matter how much fact, no matter how much truth, you're not going to believe it because you've already got your mind made up. We went through uh, an election. And uh, one of the things that I did point out is, is what was God's view on different things. And what each candidate supported when it came to God's view. And there was clearly one that was more on the side of God and one that was not. Actions speak what's on the heart. And by the actions, the fruit, we can see what's on the heart. And it shows, is there a heart for God? And my conclusion is, is no. The Catholic Church now even concludes no. But yet... We see a lot of stuff that's happening because of our leadership. Inflation. We see things that are skyrocketing in prices. We see unemployment at great heights. We see a crisis at the border. We see all different things that's happening that are, are spiraling out of control. Could it be from a lack of God? I say yes. But yet, we still see people that ride around with their bumper stickers and their little flags and they support their decision because they've already had their minds made up. And no matter what is happening right now, no matter what the facts say, they still say, well, the other man was worse, so we had to do, this is what had to be done. That we made a good choice. Because we don't like to be wrong. We don't like to have to change. The hardest things are the things that we have to do. Be wrong, admit we're wrong, change. There's the things that we don't like to do because they hurt our feelings. So we don't do it. We dig in. Humans can be very prideful people. So we don't want to hurt our pride. So we will fight to the bitter end to maintain our sense of being right. Destroy everything else around us just so we can say that we are right. When the truth is right in front of us. We see things, new things come out each and every day about different, different things. And yet, we still don't want to believe. Because we've had our minds made up. We've been conditioned little by little. And it's, it's there now. 
We have to make a conscious effort. You know, right now, right now, everyone that's listening to me right now, they're formulating an opinion. You're either saying, well, you know, he's making a few good points there. I might need to look into this a little further. I might need to get into the Word a little deeper. Or they might say, this guy's crazy. I'm not going to listen to him ever again. And that's your choice. We have so many different churches, so many different variations. But one God. And it's all because at some point we get offended by the truth or someone twists the truth around and it causes division. We look now and we have churches up and down every road in every state all over the place. And all of them is suffering the same fate. They're empty. We've divided ourselves up so much that there's not enough of us to come together anymore in agreement. And there's no reason for it. We are all from the same God. We all have the same Heavenly Father, the same Creator. There's only one truth. There's only one way. There's only one Jesus. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to be forgiven. There's only one source. We need to start coming back together again under these common Facts. Put aside the pettiness, the indifference. Stop with the triggering, the feelings, and all these things that don't matter. One day there's going to be a judgment. And when that time comes, your feelings ain't going to matter. But the truth is, what is your truth today? Who are you following? Who's coming with you? Where are you going? What's your purpose? I got a lot of questions, but God's got a lot of answers. And he's listening. He's willing to respond. And he's here for us all.